0: God, as we daily approach your throne, as we recognize the glory of who you are and and your constant calling to us to be who you call us to be, you beckon us with your wisdom, with your words, with your heart, with, with circumstances, with your spirit. So God, as we worship this morning, continue to lead us and guide us into who you call us to be. In Jesus' name we pray amen i remember a time when i was in elementary school and my parents um, being from alabama very often during the holidays we'd load up the car and go visit the family in alabama you know during each holiday and very often especially going to one grandparents house She would go into, my grandma would go into the closet and pull out this quilt that hasn't seen the light of day since last year when I used it. And she would warmly and lovingly cover me with this quilt. And then it seemed each time that I went home from that, I would almost have to be, and sometimes was, hospitalized because of having such strong allergies. I learned later that it was, I had an extreme allergy to mold and mildew. And grandma's house had a lot of it in there. But as I went to school, some of the students then would see me, and, and my, my nose would just be so red. My nickname became, especially during the holidays between Thanksgiving and Christmas, would be Randy the Red Nose Reindeer. And as I experienced this slight humiliation of, of being Randy the Red Nosed Reindeer, Uh, something occurred to me because as I felt the, you know, the little bit of pain from that as my friends were joking at me, that there were some other kids in my grade who got teased a lot, a lot more than Randy the red-nosed reindeer. I remember Dwayne and Marcia, and I don't know why, but the class just cruelly um, teased them. Their clothes did not uh, match what other kids were wearing and very often did not fit them very well and sometimes their clothes was that was dirty and their hair was tousled as they came to class and I always thought it was bad that the other kids teased them But then when I was teased it it gave me a little more knowledge about how they must have felt and being an elementary kid I, I didn't do much with that. I did not stand up for the other kids unfortunately and and I just saw this happening but I've always thought about how cruel that sometimes kids and also as adults that we can be toward other people and not even realize it. I remember um, also a time when I was in college Um, I was in my room studying one night on the the weekend and a kid across the hall um, came in and started chatting with me and he told me we started talking about faith and religion, and he said that he um, struggled during his junior high and high school of figuring out what religion you would be. You see, his, one side of his family was Buddhist, and the other side of his family was Christian. And he actually, you know, as he went to each of his grandparents' side of the, the family, he would observe and he would understand and try to understand each his person's religion and what it meant. But he said, I really found the faith of my Buddhist grandparents much stronger than the faith of my Christian grandparents. He said, and the, the philosophy that was taught, and he saw their, their dedication to their faith, and he couldn't really see a difference within his Christian grandparents, any difference between them and and anyone else and he said that's really what led him to um, go the direction of being buddhist and i was thinking wow your christian grandparents would absolutely hate to hear that Um, but it causes pause for all of us to really think about how the way that we live our lives um, how does it reflect on people and as time comes how will our grandkids understand faith based on Who we are and how we live our lives and what we say and and what we do and will they find it um, an opportunity when they're with us to see us as people of faith that we 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 have a a a richness in our faith with God that also affects how we treat other people and how we engage other people around us and so I've, I've been hit with that kind of hard lately and it leads right into Where we're studying this morning in Micah as we're going through the minor prophets we're landing this morning in Micah and we're in chapter 3 and in this 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 history of of Micah this is also a time period that is before the Assyrians come and take over the the northern kingdom of Israel and the prophet is, is challenging the people in the strongest words possible that their faith is amiss and here in this chapter he's pointing out that the the leadership the religious leadership and the political leadership of israel are taking advantage of people and they're doing it in such a way that's destructive to their faith they're doing it in a way that renders their what faith that they are expressing void in the eyes of god and as i read through this passage in chapter 3 we see that micah is is using the strongest language that he can possibly use, and using a metaphor that is incredibly harsh in a way to try to convince the people that they are being as, as horrible as they are. And as he uses this, this metaphor, he also uses it in a way of, of, of poetry. And as we understand and continue to understand and deepen our understanding of poetry and song, it poses an incredible way for God to speak to us in powerful ways. And I don't know for you, but some of my strongest worship experiences have been through the experience of of music and through song, as I have um, really listened to the words of what I was saying and, and hearing powerful words that are being presented to me. And even within our hymns this morning, um, a mighty fortress is our God may not be known that strongly within Baptist circles, but if we're at a Lutheran church, they'd be belting that out because that's, you know, one of their favorite hymns of faith um, that Martin Luther created um, many hundreds of years ago. So this opportunity of, of poetry is even utilized through this prophet as he's speaking to the people, even in the midst of the harshness that he is speaking to them. And as he speaks to these leaders, recognize that very often the prophets during this time period will use names for, to give a, a sense of connection. And so he's calling the, the nation, northern nation of Israel, he's calling them Jacob. So when he says Jacob, he's not referring to just the person of Jacob, their ancestor, but to the whole people group. I'll start reading in verse 1. And then I said, listen, you leaders of Jacob, you rulers of Israel, should you not embrace justice, you who hate good and love evil? And I'll pause right there because that's... What stuck in my head about this is when I was talking to my my Buddhist friend across the hall in college. This is one of the phrases that he used that intrigued him. And it was, he said, you know, as we philosophically look at life, how do we know what is good? How do we know what is evil? And what is that? And we talked about the nature of, of good and evil and for him. As a Buddhist, it was always a thing to consider and reflect on of what that is. But here in in scripture, God is posing through Micah that there is a, a clarity of what is good and what is evil and the leadership here has rejected that. They have rejected what God has said is good and what is good for the people and they are actually hating good and loving evil. And for us in our own lives, I think it's an important concept for us to look at. And I think in my own life, it's a battle I always fight. Because as I read scripture, I learn about what goodness is, what, it, what God is wanting for us, and God is wanting us to experience, and who God is calling us to be. But the world is at the same time always speaking to me and feeding into me through the environment as I talk to people, as I listen to media of all types. I'm getting a different message very often from what's being presented in scripture. Um, Even recently, I just saw an interview where the the person was speaking about how um, we need to just transform and let, um, encourage all teenagers to go with any urge that they have and experience life and do whatever you wanna do. And the interviewers were like, yeah, yeah, we should be that way. And I'm thinking, wow. I feel like I'm watching TV at Sodom and Gomorrah kind of thing as they were encouraging that. So it's a, a battle of continuing to understand what is evil and, and what is good as God is calling us who to be. As I continue reading in verse 2, You who hate good and love evil, who tear... And then he's, he gets in this very graphic depiction of what the, the Israelite leadership is doing to their own people. He's saying, you tear skin from my people and flesh from their bones. You eat from my people's flesh, strip off their skin and break their bones in pieces, chop them up like meat for the pan, like flesh for the pot. Then I will cry out to the Lord, but he will not answer them. At that time, he will hide his face from them because of the evil that they have done. This is what the Lord says. As for the prophets who lead my people astray, they proclaim peace. You see even many of the religious leadership at this time are not directing people in the right path. And it's a reminder for us today that anything that you hear from not only a televangelist on television but anything that you hear out of my mouth, anything that you hear from anyone you really need to interpret that and understand that in light of god's word and that we are all gifted with the the holy spirit to give us discernment upon god's word and because of that we have the opportunity to discern truth for what truth is and so we all need to listen to anything another human being says always with an understanding they're a human being and they can be right and they can be wrong um, but God's word presents to us truth. So we always need to be using our, our interpretation of, of the spirit within us and using our own brains and using the gifts that God has given us to really understand truth for what it is. So when I say something, recognize that is just Randy up there, but there's a God in heaven who presents truth, and he is the one that we need to be listening to very carefully. So continuing about these false prophets. If they have something to eat, but prepare prepare to wage war against anyone who refuses to feed them. Therefore, night will come over you without visions and darkness without divination. The sun will set on the prophets and the day will go dark for them. The seers will be ashamed and the diviners, diviners disgraced. They will all cover their faces because there is no answer from God. But as for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord, with justice and might to declare to Jacob his transgression, to Israel his sin. Hear this, you leaders of Jacob, you rulers of Israel who despise justice and distort all that is right, who build Zion with bloodshed, with Jerusalem with wickedness. Her leaders judge for a bribe, her priests tear or teach for a price, and her prophets tell fortunes for money, yet they look. For the Lord's support and they say, is not the Lord among us? No disaster will come upon us. Therefore, because of you, Zion we will be plowed like a field. Jerusalem will become a heap of rubble. The temple hill will be a mound overgrown with thickets." As the prophet is speaking such incredible harsh words to the leadership of the people, we see that, that God wants not just to affect our behavior. He wants to transform who we are to be who he is calling us to be. Very often we, we downgrade our faith in God to following a, a list of rules and do's and do nots. But you see, God, through his instruction here, is pointing out that if we do not allow God to continually to transform who we are on the inside then so easily we can fall in and our behavior can slip to begin cruelly affecting other people. You see, to know the difference between good and evil, we have to know God and we have to know who God is and we have to fight what the world is telling us. Serious study of God's word is required from us that study with people In discussing God's Word together we can discern together as a community where is God leading us who is God calling us to be and so it's important for all of us to be working with other people to discern what God is calling us to be and this is a challenge for all of us that very often if we just leave studying to our own devices that it's something that we may be enthusiastic about a short time But without the support of other people around us as we continue to dig into God's word, it is so easy to fall away from following seriously who God is calling us to be. You see, as we learn the truth of God's word and how powerfully God wants to transform who we are, through reading God's word in passages such as this, we can understand that how we treat other people How we love other people directly is impacting our faith and so often though we we become calloused to people and people can become invisible to us that's one reason we we share on a regular basis about what's going on locally what's going on around the globe this month we are acknowledging the world mission offering this is an opportunity to have the truth of who Jesus is affect the world around us globally. And as we learned about the Girls Club once again that was presented on the video, we recognize that these Girls Clubs that are going on around the globe now are happening because of partly because of your prayer and your financial support that has been going to support them. And then locally as we live our lives it's so easy to let people that we don't necessarily see every day or maybe people that we do see every day to allow them become invisible to us and whatever they're going through or they're suffering as they're suffering within the world and allowing themselves to be moved in a negative direction because of what the world is calling them to be it is so easy allow those to become invisible i know in my own life my eyes were opened once um, right before covid i was invited to participate in a, a ministry um, residence encounter christ which is part of the emmaus group um, that was meeting here at the jefferson county jail and so for the weekend i went into the jail with many others and we were sharing um basic theology, who God is and the basics of Christianity and how God loves everyone and calls all of us to a new way of life and a way of repentance and coming to be in a place where we're following Christ. And as I saw the the, the prisoners, the residents there in the jail as they heard this, received this so warmly and I recognized until that point how invisible people who are who are living blocks from me are to me and i i don't even think about their existence i don't think about their needs and i don't think about the darkness that they're experiencing in life and so that has challenged me to be able to maybe i need to know more about what's going on around in my community so that i'm not just oblivious to what is going on in my community and some of the things that i've done i want to share with you that are just really easy to do to gain awareness to, to what is going on around us and what people are experiencing. This idea of being blind to things that are going on and prejudice comes in different ways. I remember I was surprised my first trip to El Salvador. And I've told this in groups, I can't remember if I've said this to in, during a sermon, but I'm there in the the kitchen and in this small very small house the living room and the den and the dining room and the kitchen are all one room that's about the size of the choir loft and the TV is sitting on top of they have this little 12 inch black-and-white TV that was sitting on top of their refrigerator which was their entertainment center and as we were watching actually the evening news at the end of the, the broadcast, and I'm not understanding a word that's being said, but the family that we're with, they all laugh. And I'm like, because the newscasters weren't laughing at all. And I said, what, what did they say, what did they say? And they looked at me and kind of coyly said, well, they said, this is a holiday weekend, and when you go out and celebrate, be safe and stay away from Mexicans. And I'm like, oh, are people in El Salvador, I mean, not you, but other people, are are you prejudiced against Mexicans? And they're like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, that never occurred to me that someone in El Salvador would be prejudiced against, they said, yes, they have the stereotype of because of drugs and dangerousness that you just need to stay away from anyone who may even look like being a Mexican. So I recognize that no matter what culture we're in or wherever we're at, we have to be very careful about allowing a a people group or a, um, um, a group of demographic of people that we lump them all into the same position. And they recognize that they knew some very nice Mexicans and they're not all that way. So what I want to encourage you to do that I've done to try to learn about other demographics is is simple. The Salvation Army has a meal at noon, Monday through Friday. And it's to simply recognize, hey, it's noon, I think I'll go and eat at the Salvation Army. And you go in and get your food tray and get some food and sit down at the round tables that are there and just have a conversation with the people that are there. It's a really easy way to make a new friend, to understand maybe a different side of life that we're not used to. And it's an incredible opportunity to see and understand how God works through all people, including us. That you see, as we live life, it's important that we recognize that there are people that often we just don't think about very much. And they're off our radar. And so as you you go to school this week, I want to encourage you to think about the other people who are there and how are there people that are kind of invisible to others, the ones that others may make fun of, ones that others may care, show little love and concern for. Are there someone that you know as a co-worker at work who people kind of avoid for various reasons? Maybe they're a little different in some way. Um. These are opportunities for us to recognize that God loves all people and cares for all people. And we can't, you know, as we live our lives, we may think, well, it's just me. I can't make that big of an impact. But I want to encourage you that you you can. And even if just you pick one person or one family and that you are willing to spend a some extra time and energy and a little bit of your money on this one person or this one family, just think of the impact that we can make locally to what's going on around us. That as we are willing to invest to mentor someone who desperately needs help, that that can be incredibly rewarding. And as we do so, it's recognizing that God is in that process not only is going to use you to help transform that other person, but as this process is happening, God is transforming you. God is transforming me to be more like who God is calling us to be. And so I want to encourage you, don't waste the opportunity for God to use you to make a dramatic change in someone else's life. In fact, if you don't have anyone in mind right now, I want to encourage you this week to be praying about, God, is there someone that you really want me to make a long-term impact with? In fact, that leads right into our, our question that I want to leave us with. Who is the one person or family I'm looking out for? Who is the one person or family that God is calling me to love on? and to deeply care for. You see, all of us, if someone in our family gets in dire straits and, and needs help, you know we'll do whatever it takes to, to help them because they're family. Well, God calls us to an understanding that we're all created in the image of God and that all of us have the opportunity to show that we're brothers and sisters together in this very broken world that we live in. So I encourage all of us not to neglect the opportunity that we are called to, to be the hands and the feet and the voice of God. Dear Heavenly Father, as we worship you this morning, we recognize the importance of of being who you call us to be. That as we, as we worship you, you call us in our love for you to, to have your love for other people. So God, within our worship that you call us to, because of the love of Jesus Christ, the cross, and this opportunity that you have freely given to all of us. May we, by our actions and by our heart, be pointing others in your direction, pointing to the way of the cross as a way of life and the way of love. Thank you. In Jesus' precious name we pray.